0: Pastor Marshall, welcome to Reignite Church. We have a simple philosophy that love is the way we serve, so we want to love in every way in serving, and, and, and whether it's uh, making coffee, whether it's greeting you, whether it's singing, preaching to you, loving on the kids. We want to love you in all kinds of different ways. So we're in week two of our vision series, our 2020 vision series. Man, I hope it's blessing you guys. Last week, I talked to you about seeing as Jesus sees. Was that good last week? Yeah. Seeing as Jesus sees. This week I want to talk to you about feeling what Jesus feels. Everybody say feeling, feeling. what Jesus feels. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about it. Because when you begin to see the world through Jesus' eyes, it's only a matter of time, church, that you're going to feel the way he feels about the world. You know that, right? So, um, normally it's not natural for us to see the world through the eyes of Christ, through, through God's eyes. Those are some big eyes, <laughs> right? Um, but when you begin to see the world through Jesus' eyes, eventually you begin to feel what he feels about the world. And with that said, um, we're going to continue in this series giving portions of scripture. I like to do that from time to time, just give a portion of scripture, and we'll use the same scripture throughout, but we'll highlight portions, and then we'll lift out... Um, different sections that are applying, are applicable to the week, and then we'll use other scriptures to support it. So that's what we're going to do, continuing the series. But make no mistake about it, the goal of this series is to give spiritual clarity, and we need spiritual clarity if this year is going to look any different, right? If, if you want this, how many of you want this year to be different? You know, I don't want to just preach for the sake of preaching, you know, but I want this year to be different. So, God, I'm saying, you know, you, you know, I'm, I'm a believer. I have your word. Would you take your word and help me help me to make 2020 not just to have 2020 vision? You know, <laughs> he's giving me help with that, you know, but but spiritually to have 2020 vision that I can make this year be um, something that when people see me, they see him. Yeah, okay. Amen. Yeah, okay. So when I talk to my family, they don't hear me. They hear him. So we want, I want this year to be different. So Matthew, Matthew, the author of our text today, Matthew says that as Jesus traveled, Jesus was blessing people, but then he was hearing criticism about who he was blessing. Um, and, and, and yet Jesus wasn't stopped by, by blessing. He continued to heal. He continued to call people that was uncallable, like Matthew You know, people that were unqualified. He was a tax collector. He called people and they talked about that too, but it didn't stop him. So Jesus was healing. He was blessing people. And then when he came across this crowd of people and it says that he was moved, he was moved. Have you ever been moved by something? Something happened to a friend of yours and it moved you to help them? Have you ever been moved? Have you ever been really moved? How many of you want God to move in your life? Jesus saw this crowd of people with his 2020 vision. He had saw this crowd, and it says that he was moved. We're going to talk about that. He was moved to do something about it. And so he got his disciples to help him with what he saw. In Matthew 9, verse 35, it says, your Bible says, as Jesus traveled throughout all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues, announcing the good news about the kingdom, And he healed every kind of disease and illness. So he traveled around. He's preaching the good news. Y'all know what the good news is, right? The good news is the gospel. He's preaching the good news, and then something got his attention. He's healing all kinds of disease and illness. Don't miss your moment because that lets me know when he's healing all kinds of disease and he's healing all kinds of illness, that means that somewhere in there, you're in in the text. He's healing everybody. All kinds of disease. No situation is off limits from God. But here's the emphasis for this week. In verse 36, it says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. You see it? He had, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. Put a pin there. We're going to come back to helpless. Have you ever been helpless? Have you ever been trying to raise a kid? Have you ever been trying to help a brother? Student, have you ever been trying to help a friend in class or something, and, and, and yet you felt helpless? You know, they were struggling. You, you, you saw their patterns of behavior change, and you didn't know what it was exactly, but you felt helpless to help them. Sometimes we're helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus is describing in the text here, Matthew's penned on parchment, where Jesus describes what it's like to be apart from God. When you're apart from God, you're confused and helpless. But also, when it comes to the Pharisee leaders in the day of the day, when it came to those guys, they they weren't really leading like they should, and so they were like a sheep without a shepherd. You know, a sheep without a shepherd is just straying about. It's, a sheep without a shepherd is, is careless. A sheep without a shepherd. We need to thank God for good leadership. You don't always have good leadership. I thought I'd get more applause from you. The, from the. <laughs> so they were like sheep without a shepherd. Verse 37 says that he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Verse 38, it says, so pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Who's in charge of the harvest. You're the harvest. And ask him to send more workers into his fields. Another translation says, when Jesus saw the crowd, he was moved. So we, we don't serve a stoic God we don't serve a God that just creates the world and sits back on high and just crosses his arms and doesn't do anything. We serve a God who sees and feels. He sees what you need. He feels what you feel. And I'm going to talk about that some, some in a moment, but I, I, I'm going to come down your road right quick. Um, can I personalize this? We, we, we serve a God who sees and, 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 and cares. So when Jesus sees you, He's moved by what you need. Let me say that on this side of the table. When Jesus sees you, he's moved by what you need. Do you need anything? I need him. I need him. So in 2020, I want you to see the only thing you need is God to move. That's the only thing you need. That's the only thing you need. You don't need everyone to agree with you. You just need God to move. You don't need every door to open. Just the right door. You just need God to move. You, you don't need every relation, relationship to last, church. Oh, my gosh. You don't need every relationship to last. You just need God to move. Everyone won't stay. Everyone can't stay. And, and, and they don't leave when they leave. It's just that God moves them. I don't don't need more money. I just need God to move. I don't need a newer car. I just need God to move and provide. 2020, more than anything else, more than I need my child healthy, I need God to move. I need God to move. I need him to see my need. And when God gets ready to move, church, when he gets ready to move, no one can stop it. When God gets ready to move, no one can can deter it. No one can distract it. When God gets ready to move, no one can get in his way. All you need is God to move. Move, Lord, on our behalf. Someone said this. God will never take anything out away from you without the intention of replacing it with something better. God moves on our behalf because God feels what we feel. I said he feels what we feel. I'm going to give you proof for that. In Hebrews 4, 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. Y'all see that? But one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. With confidence. Because God sympathizes with us with confidence. Everybody say confidence. You know, don't don't come to God. God, would you please do this if you want? You know, my my daughter doesn't come to me. um, You know, dad, would you please let me have a soda? She comes with confidence. Hey, dad, I don't get a soda. Is that okay? (laughs) When you come to God, come to God with confidence because he knows. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace in prayer. That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. So what God, so, 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 so what makes God move more effectively, Martine, Jason, what, what makes him move more effectively is his ability to sympathize. Do you need God to move? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't have to tell you that brokenness is contagious. <laughs> you know that experientially, that brokenness is contagious. You know, last year, Tiffany and I were, you know, we were sick at the same time. That usually doesn't happen. We were sick at the same time. We were really sick. That, remember the last time we were sick? We were, both of us were sick. We were down for the count. We were drained. You ever been so sick, you, you didn't have nothing left? Tiffany and I were sick at the same time. And, and, and this one night, while we were sick, we, we had um, went to bed, and she woke me up coming back from the bathroom, fainting and hitting the floor. I thought something had, I thought a car had ran into the side of the house. It was that hard. But God Oh, my gosh. So And, and yet, when I, when I got to her, when I woke up, after hearing the, the, the loud thump of her body hitting the floor, let your bodies hit the floor. Anyway, oh, no, that just came. When her body hit the floor, it woke me up. But I, when, as I saw her laying down there, I tried to go help her, but I was so drained I couldn't do anything. It was the first time that I was able to sympathize with you and yet I could not do anything about it. Cause I was drained myself. I barely got myself out of the bed and all I can do is call her name and, and just try to cool her off. And, and 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 I was just praying, God help me, give me the strength, give me the strength to help her. I know how she feels. And I was just thankful that he didn't allow her to hit the side of the dresser or hit something. And she hit the floor. And thankfully, sometime later, some of you have helped us during that season helped us get through that man. We we're both sick we we're both sick at the same time and here's what I, re- I was reminded of I was reminded of our ability to experience brokenness qualifies us to sympathize with Amen. each other Amen. yeah so our 2020 vision puts you in the game church church family 2020 vision puts you in the game to feel what Jesus feels. If you're going to see what Jesus sees, you have to also feel what Jesus feels in order to be effective. And to be effective, to be qualified, to be used, you got to be, have the ability to sympathize with one another. Matthew tells us that God's mission is characterized by movement. <laughs> God is moved by your need. So God's mission is characterized by movement. In other words, how he feels. God's mission is directed by how he feels. When he sees you, he feels a certain way. He sees what you need. You may not say it to someone else. You may not even say it to your pastor. But God is moved by by his character. his, His mission is characterized by movement. He's moved by what he feels for you. It's a feeling down in the gut to give you what you need. Did pastor say give you what you want? No, to give you what you need right. in your time of need. Yeah. So participation in his mission means that you must participate in his movement. And this is not natural. This is a natural because the, the natural part of us wants to do our own thing. We want to do it when we feel it. Right? Or when people see us. I got a real church this morning. We, we want to do it when it's, when, it's, when it's easy. But it becomes natural when you give in to discipline. When you give in to discipline, um, let me say it this way. When we give in to discipline directive, discipline directive. Jesus saw the crowd and he was moved. And he's told, he told his dudes, hey, I need you to go help. They seem helpless. Confused. When you can handle discipline directive, God, I think, will handle you. (laughs) See, because of our sin nature, we're born with homerism. Everyone say homerism. I I know I'm losing you right now. We're born with homerism. Pastor, what is homerism? I'm glad you asked. Homerism is a cognitive compassion for others. Yeah. Homerism. Homerism says... Just because I don't care doesn't mean I don't understand. Oh. <laughs> you know Homer from The Simpsons? That's what Homerism is. Homerism says, just because I don't care, that doesn't mean I don't understand. But see, we have that sin nature. That's Homerism. We understand, but we ain't going to do anything about it. We know where we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to do, but, eh. <laughs> Merriam-Webster defines this empathy, this type of empathy, as a conscious perspective. You can have a conscious perspective of what I need, but will it move you? Will it move you to help me? Yeah. Uh, This week, Tiffany and I were talking about strategies, church strategies, and I was listening to some podcasts, reading some things, and I was talking to her about church strategies, and Lexi walks in, our 12-year-old, she walks in. And she asked a question, over here in the conversation, she asked a question, she's like, "Um, Dad, why why doesn't people, why don't people like church? Caught me off guard. So I looked to my advisor. (laughs) And Tiff took over the conversation. Because I'm talking about strategies, I'm in a whole different mindset and everything. And she she throws throws me for a loop, she's like, Dad, why don't people like church? And then Tiffany's, uh, she's amazing. She's amazing. In her best homeschool voice, Tiffany says this. She breaks it down for Lexi like she's in the sixth grade. It is not that people don't like church. But they aren't connected to God in a way that directs them to want more of him. Wow, it wrecked me. It wrecked me. Because as a pastor, when, you, when you're pastoring 70, 100 people, whatever, you know, 500 people, you know, you can only be in so many places at one time. What I'm praying for, what I'm hoping for is God, God in you to rise up and want more of him so much that I don't have to run so many places. I don't mind helping. I don't mind calling. I don't mind texting. But I can't be everywhere. So I'm waiting for God to rise up in you. And when you want more of God, it's easy for him to direct you and say, hey, go visit so-and-so. They just had a baby. Go, go call so-and-so. Get out of your homerism. (laughs) And she went on to say, so it becomes easier for others, other things to get in people's way when they don't connect to God in a real way. It becomes easier for other things to get in the way. And therefore, makes my job harder. But when when the Lord is really your shepherd, When the Lord is really a shepherd, if I can step on your toes a little bit. Everybody say, ouch, because I don't want to seem like I'm picking on anybody. Fletcher, say, ouch, all the way back there. There we go. There we go. When the Lord is really a shepherd, not only will you want more of him, but you won't waver either. (laughs) Because a cognitive heart says that this is what I need to do. But a, but a regenerated heart, a new heart, when, God, when you believe Christ and Christ comes into your life, when you have a regenerated heart, regened, regenerated, when you have a regenerated heart, you say, this is what I'm moved to do. I'm moved to do this. I'm moved, like Jesus, to do it. So the moral of the story is, don't be a homer. <laughs> Write this down. The mission of God is for him to move in your life. But the focus of God is for you to share in his emotions. Y'all, I try to give y'all some deep stuff. I'm telling you, I'm in the the lab studying late at night. I'm trying to give y'all some deep stuff, and y'all are like, uh huh. Uh -huh." Okay, Pastor. (laughs) It was good. The mission of God is to move in your life, and we want him to do that. But the focus of God is for you to share in his emotions because we're in this together. We're in this together. We're in this together with him. We're in this together here on earth as well because it's not natural. It's not natural to love those who hurt you or or to love those who despitefully use you. You know, you're putting yourself out there. Some of us love hard. Some of us love harder than others. And it's not easy to love them. It's not, it's not easy students to, it's not easy when, when people are talking about you at school in class or something. You know, your friends or whatever, but they're talking about you. It's not easy to still try to be a friend to them when you know that they're going to talk about you when you turn your back. It's not, it's not natural It's not natural to be kind to, to those who, who will talk about you. It's not natural to give your time and money to a church that's trying to rise up and trying to build, to connect to the community. By the way, thank you all for bringing the food for the kids last week to feed those kids, the six families that are homeless here. Every first of the month, you guys do that. I don't have to put too much emphasis on that. We're a young church, but you all are doing that. You all are taking care of those needs. But it's not natural. It's not natural. you got to be moved to do stuff like that. It's not natural to accept God's authority in our lives, to, de- to be directed by God because you're moved. So in Romans 5, 5, God provides a little hope because it's not natural to do it. And movement, the movement of God's, in God's mission is not natural. So in Romans 5, we see our hope. Romans 5, 5, it says, This hope will not lead to disappointment, For we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given what? The Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Verse 6. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time. Do y'all see that? And he died for us. So with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, we have hope. With the Holy Spirit, we have help. With the Holy Spirit, we're allowed to connect to God's emotions. That is, we're allowed to feel what he feels. We're moved to it. Without the Holy Spirit, Marshall doesn't feel anything. Marshall feels about what Marshall wants to feel about. Marshall's family, Marshall's kids, Marshall's uh, job, Marshall's money, Marshall feels what he feels about Marshall, but with the Holy Spirit, I start feeling about, man, I saw so-and-so. It might have went past somebody else, but I connected. When she was getting her coffee, she was looking a certain kind of way, moved to say, hey, sis, how you doing? With the Holy Spirit, we have help. With the Holy Spirit, we have hope so that we can grieve when God grieves. And what does he grieve about, Pastor? He grieves about brokenness but we can get excited when God gets excited. And what is he get excited about? The salvific work of us. When we when we are when we are giving others encouragement, and others are coming to him in Christ, that salvific work, he's encouraged by that. So we have to, we have to we have to grieve when he grieves over the brokenness of humanity and but we have to get excited about what he gets excited about. And we have to be sensitive enough to the moving the moving of his spirit. Because when God moves, you move just like that. (laughs) Yeah. Scholarship calls this love in you. This love that moves you. They call this the evidence of hope. The evidence of hope. You and I are the evidence of God's love in the world. Everybody say evidence. Yeah, (laughs) you're his evidence yeah, I searched all the way around to give y'all some help with that this morning you you and I are the evidence of the good news of the gospel because the Bible says that hope does not disappoint hope does not disappoint and and I don't know who this is for but sometimes our hurt our hurts overcome us Sometimes disappointment overcomes us. Sometimes our brokenness overcomes us. But God's love and mercy and grace still works despite your hurts, despite your brokenness, despite despite your, your disappointments. Look to the left and look to the right. You see the evidence. But let me help you with that. Let me help you with that. Let me help you with that. See, let me, let me start right here. No, let me start right here. I'm just going to go all the way back here. Help me. Help me. Let me, let me, let me just go all the way around because I, I want you to see. Girl, put that under your arm. I want you all to see. I want you all to see. The Bible says that you guys. Hold on. You. The Bible says that you guys. You. When Jesus is moved, when he sees brokenness, he sees you. And when he calls for help, he's calling for the evidence to show up in the people that he's trying to help. And this, is, and this is what I want you to understand. When you look to the left and you look to the right and you recognize that you see regular people there, you don't recognize that they're actually evidence of God's love. Yeah, yeah. You're the evidence of God's love. And what's evident in you is also proof. And so when you see what's evident, you also see God's proof of his love, right? So, uh, so, so, so let, me, let me tell you, you and I represent the proof of God today. That when he feels what he feels and he's moving in the earth and he's trying to help other people, you and I are the proof of his love. So when, they, when you see this caution tape, remind, remind yourself that you are the evidence and what's evident is proof that his love exists and that his love is pervasive and his love can change the game. And his love, when he moves, you move. And when people see, when people start to move and they start to see the evidence of God, they start to get their hope built up. Their hope gets built up. And they see the evidence of what God is doing in the earth. You and I represent the proof of God's love. And the Bible says, your Bible says, that the proof shows up at just the right time. At just the right time. When is the right time? You know where it is. You know when it is, when you need it. When you're about to throw in the towel on your marriage. When you're about to say, I I can't help minister another day with my family. When, when 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 I feel like, when I feel like I can't do it again with this stubborn child. The love in you starts to rise up. And it's evident to you that I'm the proof. You know, when they put caution tape around a crime scene, around a scene where something happens, it's not it's not just to keep people out. It's just to let everyone know there's evidence within that area. But the tape, but the tape doesn't doesn't keep you back. You can you can break through the tape. God doesn't want you to hold that. God doesn't want to hold you back. You can break through the tape and still be what he needs and still get what he needs. God still can get to you. The evidence is just to let others know there's proof beyond the tape. This week, this week, church, I want you to provide proof that God moves in you. That you feel what Jesus feels. I want you to find somebody one person. You don't have to find two people. I'm going to ask you to find one person. Find one person, not someone that you're familiar with, not someone that you're close to, not someone that you're connected with family-wise, family but find one person and be the proof. Show compassion. Show some love. Show some directive. God's given it to me. I'm giving it to you. Be the proof this week. Show some compassion to somebody, to one person. Pastor, I'll do it. Amen. I'll do it. I'm going to show some compassion to one person. And watch what that feels like when you walk away. Watch what that feels like. It's not you. It's Jesus moving in you. I pray that God will lead you to somebody. That God will lead you to somebody to show some love to. To do what they don't expect. If 2020 is going to look different, it's also got to feel different. Are you ready for it to feel different? Yes. Would you stand so we can pray? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for all those in attendance that came out in the rain, Lord, today to, to be able to hear a word from you, to be able to worship and connect with you, Lord, today. I thank you for waking us up this morning giving us another opportunity, Lord, to serve you. Lord, forgive us for getting in our own way, for getting in your way this year already. Lord, I'm praying that as we, as we pray and fast and as we go through another two weeks of this, Lord, that your church will be built up, will be stronger, that we will be disciplined to handle your directive. As we read your word, as we hear in our devotions, I'm praying that that. that even without the pastor present, that, that, that you will get to moving in their hearts and then encouraging your people and that this year would be different, Lord, that it will not be the same. But it starts with us seeing what we need to see through your eyes. It starts with us feeling what we need to feel to be moved by what we see as Jesus was. Father, we love you. And as we pray, I ask that every head bowed, every eye closed, is that if there's anyone that needs you to move in their life, if they would just be bold enough to raise their hands so I can pray for them this week. Anyone that needs to move in their life, raise your hand. Yes, amen, amen, I see your hands, I see your hands, I see your hands. My hand went up this week as well. You can put your hands down. Father, you saw the hands. Well, Lord, I ask that you would touch them, that you would strengthen them, Somebody here is, I don't know who this is for, but somebody here is feel like they're at the, they're at the end of the tape. They're at the end of the tape, Lord. They, they, got, they got the caution tape on their stomach. They're, they're at the end of the tape and they feel like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I don't know if I can keep being the proof, Lord. Encourage that person. Strengthen that person. Give them wisdom, Lord. Father, anoint them. We, we ask for your anoint, special anointing on them, Lord, for the strength that they need to continue to make it. This year will be different. Father, if there's someone here who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, who doesn't, doesn't know Christ, I, I, I pray that at this time, if you, if you don't know Christ, would you, would you just say this prayer with every head bowed, and every eye closed, and then we're out of here. If you don't know Christ, everyone praying this prayer, Father, forgive me of my sins. I believe in your son, Jesus Christ. That he's my Lord and Savior from this day forward. I take my hands off my own life and I'll follow your directive today. I'm never going to be the same. In Jesus' name, amen.